And we are back, feisty, ready to roll. Ryan Ray, Ben Samuels, bring in the closer. Oh, it's closers. I forgot. I mean, it's not factual that it says, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this is audio only, so they can't see you. I appreciate that. All right. Ben, good to talk, buddy. Long time, like five minutes ago. How you doing? We really should. There should be a whole podcast episode series that we put out of just like the prelude preamble yes. to our podcasts. Yes, I think that's it. really. I think that's really where where a lot of the nuggets are are are, are said. A lot of the certainly a lot of the shots are thrown. Um, <laughs> the but, amount of aggression. Hey, the amount of aggression in the pre-show. <laughs> if you guys think by listening to the show that this is an aggressive show, just. Take that, ratchet it up a few notches, and, and you may have a sense of what some of the pre-show is like. It's, a, it's a, just just this is a sample, this little sampler played here. Both hosts of the show openly acknowledged how glad they were that we live five hours away from each other, or fisticuffs would have happened. That that happened before we hit record. So mm-hmm. just so we're clear, just and just it was so about like nothing either. It was like a non-issue. So yeah, just yeah, imagine. Imagine when we're really talking about something important like we are today. But okay, here we go. Ben Samuels. People who don't make eye con well, I can't read. People who don't make constant eye contact could be paying a lot more attention than you think. According to Inc. via Adam Grant. Okay, I've got a lot of thoughts on this. What are yours? Because I'll let you go yeah. through the floor because this is something that I really struggle with. The eye contact thing. So I, I think it's time and place. And what I mean by that is, you know, th- there is there is certain there is a certain respect element to the eye contact that if you are supposed to be intently listening to someone um, and, and really not engaging in the conversation in, in terms of not looking to craft rebuttal or to be a, a, an active participant, but really looking to, to show deference and respect and, and engagement, eye contact is huge. The reason I say it that way or that, that kind of preamble is because I am certainly guilty of this. And, and uh, Ryan, you'll, you know, I'm sure you'll acknowledge when I'm thinking about something or when you say something to me that takes thought generation or takes some some effort on my end, I I unintentionally but certainly almost always look away because that's my sort of I'm thinking through. Uh, number one, I think it, it signals that, that, that there is something going on. Now, if, if it's, you know, aloofness of just sort of like, looking around and, and uh, you know, just sort of clear non-engagement, that's one thing. But the but the need for constant eye contact to connote engagement, I, th- I, I certainly think is false. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of ways to, to connote either engagement or not. Those are some of my high-level thoughts. You said you had some thoughts as well. Do we agree sort of at a macro level? Do we agree here? I, I think so. So there was, I remember exactly the meeting where it was when I was talking to this person and I was trying not to look at them without making it apparent because I knew I could focus better if I wasn't trying to watch the reaction. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so mm-hmm. one of the things that, that, that I think I'm decent at is kind of watching, engaging the reaction of people and responding to that. The downside of that is, is you, at least for me is sometimes my, my pitch isn't as good because I'm responding in real time to how they're reacting and in this case, this was the first meeting. I need to get the pitch out. Like, I just need to get the pitch out, make sure that I've covered all my bases, and then I can start reading and reacting to what they're saying. But I was, but I, so I was trying to look at like the forehead or whatever. Um, but I found that sometimes it is a little tough because 
on those first meetings or when you have, hey, I really need to hit six points, seven points, three points. If I'm reacting to what they're saying, um, I'm more likely to like knock a point off or start to prepare, as you say, something in the future. So now with that being said, when I've had to try to let people go or I'm trying to hire someone or you know, we're having a tough conversation, I really then try to hone in and cut everything out and look in the eyes because at that point, um, that's important. Or if we're having a client's really mad, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about all that. Like I, I'm taking all of that out. So it kind of depends on what my, what I'm trying to do and how I'm trying to respond in the moment. Yeah. You bring up a great point. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about sort of in inside the sales cycle realm here. If you're talking about you're in a sales pitch or, or, or you're pitching a product or looking to, to engage a relationship um, for, for a service, um, Ryan, I, I would tell you, so So you just painted a picture of that sometimes, you know, you're trying to respond in real times and sometimes you're off the mark or sometimes the message doesn't come, in, um, come out cleanly because of that sort of nuance. And, you know, for those that are listening that have, that have heard you speak before, you're, you're one, you know, you're very skilled at that. That is something that is a forte of yours to be able to respond in real time and respond in kind. And, and the reason I say it that way, what, what I want to talk about is that even with that being a skill set of yours, you still have found yourself in times where it wasn't um, you wasn't conveyed correctly. And so, would you agree with me that by and large, people that may be listening to the podcast, I think there seems to be you know sort of this need to be overly nuanced and this need to to project something that may not be may not be authentic. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're pitching a product. And, and you have, to your point, six or seven things that you need to get out in order um, to, to have the message conveyed correctly, get those six or seven things out before you start to uh, you know, try to modulate the message to the other person or try to address something that you think they are thinking. Now, if they say something explicit, re respond in kind, sure. right? But I'm talking about the nonverbal cues or you know, they ask a question and rather than answering the question, you answer the question that you think they're asking. And those sort of things can lead to negative results because you may not be able to sort of tie it back to, you know, you and I are really good about debriefing, you know, you and I almost all the time on sales calls that we take together, we'll debrief afterwards. And, you know, there are things will, that you'll bring up that, that I'll bring up that we took separately and we're able to kind of think through those things. And I think that's a really informative process. So if you have that, certainly be you know utilizing that. But, but going back to what I was saying before, you know, I, I think it's really difficult in the moment, unless you have the relationship, right? I mean, if this is a customer for years and you have that basis of relationship, that that changes this. Sure. But if you're yeah, in I'll one of like these first meetings, first, yeah, the right? Meeting. Yeah, if you're in one of these first meetings, you know, trying to modulate the message to what you think the other person is trying to hear can be can be a defeatist exercise in a, in, a, in a lot of ways. Would you agree with that? Yes, and here's what I think: if you are a sales manager, a CEO, whomever, it, it would almost I don't know. If, if pay dividends is the right term, it would. Um, but I would suggest more than just pay dividends to send salespeople in groups of two. And here's why. There is nothing more beneficial for me than when someone can sit there and when we leave, I say, what did you think when I said this? Did it make sense? Or did you see the way they kind of twitched when I said that? Did you catch that? Because me and you have been in the same room or on the same call and we've seen things differently. Now, one of us might be right. Neither of us might be right. But but the perspective, yeah, I see you covering up. But the perspective of, of, of the other person there is important. Now, you can't send anyone, like, you know, because it doesn't work that way because um, people aren't necessarily adept at that. But I would su submit the more you can have a main salesperson who's trying to pitch 
and another person who's taking notes and watching for how the pitch is perceived, making sure that they're understanding the pitch. Because to your point, Ben, when you ask a question, you do have to listen to how they respond because sometimes they don't understand what you just asked, right? And so the person who's sitting there taking notes can then start to accumulate data. You know, when we ask this question or we pose this, we did this seven times a day, and every time they responded back with this. Maybe we should reframe this question to accommodate this answer over here because that's really what they're concerned about. So instead of trying to anticipate what they're going to say, we can just reframe the question. I'll give you an example. When I first started doing sales, um, everyone basically was telling me their biggest complaint was that they had to call two or three offices. They couldn't get the right person. They called around. So I adapted my pitch with the last thing I said was I'd pull my cell phone out and say, listen, we're not a big company. You can get me. I can, I'm the number two person. There's the owner than me. You can get me anytime, day or night. Here's my cell phone number. You never have to worry about it. Don't have to call four offices. You just call me because I heard what them say over and over again about, um, this problem they had, but that wasn't easy, right? <laughs> I was by myself. I had to kind of eventually learn that these people kept saying the same thing because uh, I had this pitch over here about this. Well, they all they wanted, not all they wanted, the main thing they wanted was to call the person who could fix the problem. And I'm over here trying to tell them about response time. They're like, well, that's great, but who's going to fix the problem? And it's like, I wasn't even worried about that. So I would submit if you could have two people, the more you can have two people, I should say, the better your chances of closing and getting your pitch better are. Two things that, that I a uh, couple on there. Number one, totally agree uh, with that. Uh, keep it at two, not three, though. Would yes. you agree with that? That this yes. is a two, no, okay? Because you don't want to pack the room. And the other thing that I've uh, going back to what we oh, started hey, talking we'll about. Oh, real quick. Also, I would suggest to make sure that you, and for external purposes only, you de-minimize the second person. So you say, "Hey, it's Ryan and Ben. Ben's here. He's um, in training, or he's you know just tagging along today, or you know, he's here to take notes." Make sure it's clear that Ben's role is just to kind of sit there because there's not the pressure that the person is anticipating getting pounded with questions from two different people. So I'd make sure that the roles are clear. Hey, Ryan and Ben, I'll be talking to you today uh, if it's that kind of role. So agree or not? Yeah, the, the way I've seen that work the best is, um, you know, the, the person that's looking to sort of lead the meeting uh, says something to the effect of, uh, you know, um, Bob here is in support of, of me here. If he, if, if he miss or if I miss anything or if you have extra questions, you know, he's you know going to be filling in, but direct yeah. any questions or, you know, um, you know, let you know, kind of make sure that they're aware that you're the face, but that the person is in support of, you know, the rest of the process. Yeah, you, Cause you don't want the, the prospect to feel like they need to address Bob. If Bob's not Correct. need to be addressed because that does put a pressure on them because they're, and it's weird. And, and I'll just say this. I didn't mean to cut you off, but this is weird because, when you outnumber someone, they are a little bit concerned about what's going to be happening. And so if you just say, hey, Bob's more here just to kind of sit, take notes. And if I miss anything, like you said, put it very well. Um, that kind of lowers the temperature in the room if you have them outnumbered. And so um, I think kind of kind of being aware of that. If you come in like it's two high-pressure salespeople, uh, we've been in those rooms <laughs> where two people come in, it's one on the table, and it it feels like there's a lot more pressure than really there. So anyways, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I wanted to. No, even – Ryan, that's a great point, but even more basic than that, think about the dynamic of just physically, if you're sitting in a room with one other person, as opposed to two other people, 
it, you know, depending on where you're sitting in the room, you know, uh, the, the one person. On, so if you're two on the sales side and I'm the one, I may have to look from side to side if I need to be making again, going back to the eye contact. I, I, I might need to you know, feel or I may feel like I should I should say I need to uh, feel like I might need to engage both sides of the room. I may feel like I need to to play a different party as opposed to if I'm just talking to one side and I know that I don't need to face the other side or if that other side is not really an active participant in the conversation that fundamentally changes the dynamic um then the other the other piece of what i was going to say though is in addition to that if you are if you happen to be sitting on like one side of the table to the other and let's say that let's say that like you and i are in the room together so it's not necessarily you know salesman a and, and a subservient let's take this you know there, there's two people on the other side that also to going back to the eye contact thing can give one or one of the two of us, the opportunity to look away while the other person is engaging or, or sort of play that so that um, there's more engagement and they feel that. But that I would submit, Ryan, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. I would submit that, you know, the way that you and I would handle ourselves in a pitch meeting is, you know, comes with all the experience. It's not something that you can, you know, that you'd be able to pull off or should pull off with, you know, two people that are unfamiliar with each other or are sort of a different places in 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 the you know the value chain does that make sense yeah and um i think you know we, we had a couple of meetings and then we're like hey we got to kind of define what the roles are here even because you know we're not quite sure because of how we're, we're used to conducting our own meetings and then you go to a joint meeting so just take that dynamic uh, where you have people inside the company and there's how there's hierarchy maybe the hierarchy isn't clear you're trying to figure it out or you know you're the boss in the room with your salesperson that's gonna be valuable as well but explain to your salesperson, hey, I'm going to sit here and take notes. You know, um, you can just say I'm in here of support today. You don't have to say I'm the boss because your salesperson is going to feel a little, a little bit of pressure there. So thinking through all of that, because let's be honest, when you're going in to make a pitch, you know you have limited time. Um, you want to articulate it correctly, and then you want to hear their questions and respond to them the best you can. And so the, when I talk about lowering the temperature, one of the things I used to do, Ben, is – to lower, try to lower the temperature across the table. Because I'm coming into pitch, they know I'm coming into pitch, the sooner I can get them off of thinking about the pitch <laughs> and try to have some kind of, not small chat, not not like small uh, small talk that, that's obvious, but like, oh, hey, like I got a Baby Yoda right here. Oh, you got Baby Yoda, you, you like Star Wars, something, and then talk about Mandalorian for five minutes. Just something to kind of lower the temperature. Now, when you go back to the pitch, sometimes they go back into, you know, preventative sales mode. Sometimes they don't, but that's kind of a, a tactic I use. But on the point that you made, yes, I think you're right. Um, if you can't bring someone though, and you're worried about your 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 eye contact, you're worried about focusing, you're trying to get that. Do you suggest that salespeople record in person meetings? State laws apply. This is so in Texas you can, but state laws everywhere else, you know, whatever. Y'all y'all figure it out. We're in Texas, so you can do it. It's only you only need single party consent. I, you know, that's an interesting question. I don't really have any strong feelings, I suppose, but no, unless there's really an active way to sort of distill the information and, and review that, you know, that, that you're really, you know, providing some tangible feedback. I, I think that that would be sort of more of, I can see that, let me say it differently. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stumbling here. I could see that becoming more of, you know, a part of, oh, okay, sales team, you've got to review your sales calls for this amount of time per week. And it's just sort of another KPI as opposed to actually being a, a metric that, that, 
moves the needle and helps. If there was a way to sort of review that material that you could, uh, you know, if you've got an idea of sort of how that would be impactful to yeah. getting better, you know, does that make sense to kind of where my hesitancy is? Yes, you, I agree. If you're going to do it, you have to be an active listener. Um, so I know someone who reviewed their, uh, who, who recorded a sales call or, or I say not call, a meeting, um, a sales meeting, one or two, and they realized that they were laughing at everything the client was saying, even when the client wasn't making jokes. And they didn't realize that. Yeah, that's not good. Right. But they didn't know they were doing it. And so then they heard themselves like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I'm always laughing at what's being said. And they realized, you know, kind of how that looked. And so that was a very big kind of moment for them to realize, oh, wow. Now, if they weren't actively listening, they'd have heard the sales call. They thought they knew everything, you know, and they would have missed that. Or you might realize that you're cutting this, the customer off too much. Okay. So if you're going to actively listen and you are going to grade it as if this is important and your job depends on it and you've got to learn how to, you know, shut up more, not mumble if you're me or talk slower if you're me or the things that I have wrong. You know, if you're going to listen for those things, then yes, you should. If you're just going to turn it on, like you say, it's just checking a box, then yeah, you're wasting your time. I've recorded one, I think. Have you ever, have you ever recorded any? And I'll tell you why I did a second, but I'm curious if you ever have. I, I, there was a time last year actually uh, where I was recording meetings only for the ability. So I find it difficult at times. So there, there are calls that, you know, people like, uh, you know, you and I will take uh, where, well, I guess that's not even really that, uh, whatever. Sale on sales calls, you can get incredibly, incredibly detailed information that sometimes is really valuable that you, that you want to take note of. And, you know, I, I've got a pretty good memory, but I, you know, there are times where the, where all the details don't line up. And so I like to take notes just on the, you know, high level specific details that I need to carry over into the next action steps. And so there were a time where I was recording the meetings just to be able to go back in, uh, you know, another time and be able to take those notes and not have to be like right. going back to the eye contact thing, not have to be face down in a notebook while someone else is talking on a call. Yeah. And that's what I was about to ask you about notes before you went there. So the one I recorded that I remember, I don't, I don't think I've recorded more than one, but the one I recorded for sure um, is... I, di I knew I was going to pitch something that I didn't. Oh, God, you're going to kill me. <laughs> you're about to kill me. Get ready. I was going to pitch a service that I did not understand. And I knew that they were going to use terms that I would not be able to follow along with. <laughs> I teed it up for you. I teed it up for you. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me tell you, for those that are unfamiliar with Ryan's process, that is a shocking result. That is a shocking, shocking result. Completely unprecedented. Would not have called Ryan. That I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised to be totally honest. I don't even really know. I, you have me awestruck. I hate you so bad. This we're, you're going to get a little glimpse of the pre pre show if we keep going. Anyways, wait, wait you were trying to do something. Before like fully understanding like what like what was I wasn't even that's... going to try to fully understand it to be honest with you. Well, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, that's shocking. Huh. <sighs> Never would have guessed that, huh? We'll have to come back to that in a second. The reality was we had a client or a potential client that needed a service that we offered, but it was in it was it was expanded beyond. It was like you know. It was an engineering service. It was more engineering than we than we usually do. And so I knew I, I had the, I was the only one to meet with him. And I knew he was going to bring up all these terms, engineering terms, that I would have no idea what meant. 
And so it was like a one-time deal. So I record the meeting so I could type up notes and send it back to the, the sub we were going to use. Um, so that was the context there, Ben. Um, what else did you want to say? Why, why is that so surprising to you? Because you, you, look, you look, for those who are watching, or the, not watching, the, you look stunned. The meticulous nature at which you <laughs> approach preparation for engagements <laughs> is just a counterbalance to that story is all. I don't know. It's just not, this is not normal course of business for Ryan Ray, president and founder and head honcho of Ray Global Advisors. It's just, I don't know. Do, do we want to talk about this? Do you want to go into this? We've got eight minutes. Do you want to go into this? Is this how you want to spend the rest of the show? What we're are we talking to... about? I don't even I know. We were talking about eye contact. We were having a good conversation. Okay. okay. It. We will address that one day. That's, that's fodder for another show stay tuned when we're gonna fist fight when this is over okay um you mentioned also for also for those listening ryan doesn't like when you use facts against him so (laughs) ryan sorry what were you gonna say ben hates it that i'm better at him despite my lack of preparation but whatever um (laughs) said another way if ryan prepared to the same level that ben did he would be surprised at the level of success that he would achieve, but the amount of passive aggressiveness on this podcast is only because we are recording. If we weren't, words would be flying. <laughs> words would be flying right now. I'm just we, you, I'm do you want to do, do you want to do do you want to do an unedited version of this podcast? Because I think you and I both I, I I'm certainly game. You know, <laughs> this this is the tame version, y'all. So I imagine the listeners right now are like, there's no way these guys are, are successful. And I don't blame you, listener, but we're going to finish with some value. You mentioned not taking notes. I'm torn on taking notes. Sometimes I take notes. Sometimes I don't. To your point, it looks not like you're not engaged, but also you could be overly engaged. But if you're taking notes, you are going to miss things. Like taking notes sometimes actually makes you miss stuff, like the responses, the nuance. So if you've made a pitch and you're kind of, after the seven points and you've got an extra 10, 15 minutes and you're just note taking, note taking, note taking, you could miss a lot of stuff there. So um, I'm torn. How often do you take notes? When do you not? What's your rule there? I don't have a rule. So this is all you. I don't have a rule per se, but what I would tell you is, so this is not, you know, you're taking notes in history class for a test back in high school. This is, you know, if I'm in an hour meeting and I have more than I mean, I'll show you. So my notebook is like, it may not come. Oh, this is, this is audio only. So, so my, my notebook is maybe it's, it's smaller than a piece of paper, maybe eight, you know, eight inches by six inches, something like that. Um, you know, look, Ryan looks like you've got about the same size. And if I, if I cover more than a page and a half or sorry, a page front and back in one hour oh, yeah. meeting, that is way too, way much. too much, way too much. You know, if like generally, I mean, I'll tell you, so, so let me look here. Um, I had, looking, the notes the notes you're taking should only be recognizable to you and i'll give you a quick example i had a note one time that says change samuels or whatever it was and it meant to change a plat on a certain project but if anyone would have read that i showed it to someone like what does this mean it was like, it, it's like oh i know what it means it, you're not writing change da 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 it's shorthand right yes so so i've got a note here from about a meeting that was last week from a meeting that was about an hour and a half i have eight bullet points yeah. that cover 
seven pieces of data and there's to your point there's one note on the side for an action step for me that um that there's no way that anyone like that other than me would have any idea what it means and, and that's that's it and um and, and then you know from that was able to take uh you know and actually that one oh, i shouldn't i'm not gonna talk about it on this podcast maybe later maybe maybe we'll get into that on don't let the facts later today um but yeah I mean, th this is not detail oriented information it's not like you know intense recall this is deep you know action item oriented and and to a degree if you're talking about numbers is number oriented so if you're talking to a client and they say you know i need five wellhead desanders at this at this well pad at this date yeah you need to write that down right. if if you know if they're talking about like you know the 97 different things that their product and service does that you can find on the website you don't need to write that down exactly. it's, it's stuff like that exactly exactly and and just real quick on that if they are covering a lot of ground, my opinion, I don't know if you agree or not, is feel free to ask them for material. So if they start spitting out like fire hose of material, say, listen, I don't want to be rude, take notes. I can't keep up with all this anyways. Do you have a brochure, a website? Can I get this information somewhere else? I want to hear what you got to say. I'm paying attention. Da, da, da. And nine out of 10 times, they'll say, yes, they do. And that one out of 10 times, they'll say, oh, it's not important. Just I'm just letting you know what's going on here. Like 10 out of 10 times, <laughs> either, either, it, you can be you can be given the information or it's not important. Like, don't worry about it. It's it's you know to your point though. The, it's the very specific things like that you can't get anywhere else. Like, I'm going out of town January third, and I'll be going for four weeks. If you want to get this done, I have Christmas. I'm on vacation two weeks before that, so December fifth. Like, write that down. You know, something like that. Um, right. So, so two two things there. Number one, in that example that you just gave, all you need to write down is December fifth. You don't need to write down all the rest of it, right? And and then uh, the second thing is, you know, I think that the I totally lost my train of thought. Give me one second. Um, yeah, I lost it. Never okay, I got one for you, and we'll get ready to wrap it up here. I've got an Apple Watch. I just got it a week or two ago. Folks, turn off your alerts on your Apple Watch. I had a friend over the other day. We're having a business meeting, and, and I kept looking at my watch um, because it was going off. And he goes, "Do I need to go?" I'm like, "Oh, oh no!" And it was just a friend. It's you know a good friend of mine, low key environment. But even he was kind of starting to feel pressured by me. He's in my house. He was sitting like right here, and even he was feeling pressured that I was. And it was just you know random messages about something. Turn mm -hmm. off your Apple Watch notifications. You look rude. You talk about disinterested, no eye contact. You look rude. Turn so, I, so I've got a lot of thoughts about notifi uh, phone notifications. I've got I've got thoughts on phone notifications. Maybe that's for next week. Maybe we can follow up. But what um what I was going to say earlier, just uh, to to go back to um, I think. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I think I do this almost in every meeting, you know, especially for first meetings. Um, you know, if I meet, especially if I'm meeting with somebody that I know I'm going to be hearing about a pitch of something or something, I will almost always say something to the effect of, "Hey, I want to make sure that I'm picking up the, you know, the good information here and, and the and the valuable stuff. Do you have a pitch deck that you're going to send me, or do I need to take notes?" And so that sort of allow, like, gives them the floor of like, I'm going to, I'm either going to follow up with this person or I'm telling them they can take notes. Uh, and you're sort of you're telling them that you want to engage and sort of giving them the opportunity to tell you how they want you to respond. Um, Cause I, I think that to your, uh, you know, I think the other side of that is that, you know, if you, if you're going to get a pitch deck, you want to make sure that your notes are correlated so that when you're looking at the pitch deck, you, you can track along with some of that. And so it's informative, I think to on the front end kind of know what you're going to get in terms of the deliverable. Are you going to get a pitch deck or are you going to be reliant on your notes for the next conversation? 
No, I love it. I love it. Okay. All right, Mr. Samuels. Um, first off, let's just be honest here. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know. This is this is the best. This is the best. This is the goods. Um, okay, it's not the best, but it's well, the best no, you're going to get. Look, uh, that and also don't don't realize the fact that, guys, if you're subscribed to the RSS feed for bringing in the closers, you for for free, you get free access to a litany of Inside the War Room podcast episodes because of wow. some technical glitches. Wow. And so. Wow. Shots fired. Shots fired. You get one, two. Oh, no. Yeah, there's two. There's two on here. There's two inside the Warrior podcast. There you, you go. You should with the be listening again. to the Warrior podcast, but whatever. Uh, ben, where you should you find your podcast at? The amount of, the amount of passive aggressiveness on this show. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> um, some of us are not professional talking heads like some of others. Some of us are still working towards it. Some of us have day jobs that like, you know, actually pay the bills. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. I don't know. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll be back um, next week on a different topic. I'm curious, you know, folks listening. Uh, I did have someone reach out. I didn't tell you this. I shouldn't tell you this. I'm not going to tell you this. Um, for the listeners only, I did have someone reach out and talk about how much they appreciate the last episode. Thank you for that. You know who you are. Um, would love more feedback. And, you know, as I like to say, if I'm not right, then at least Ben is. So, and with that, we'll talk to you. What? Nothing? I, I mean, I give you a compliment, and then you don't even nothing, nothing, whatever. These days, I don't know how to take the compliments from you. I don't even know if they're actually compliments for you. For the aud- the audacity for you to expect that I would know on air in live time—that's that's aggressive. Okay. <laughs> with that, <laughs> Ben, where can people find you? Because your podcasts aren't available. So underscore ben samuels on uh, twitter and uh, ben samuels on linkedin ryan it's been uh, it's been a pleasure as always looking forward to our normally scheduled time at, th- at three o'clock oh no, no no we're not not in the normal schedule well if you're yeah, on linkedin you got a linkedin notification saying we're on at three despite the fact we're on at 2 30 so folks on linkedin will be there at three halfway through the show we'll be live 2 30 central time um this week because of all those things are true all those things are true. <laughs> www.5y.biz for the newsletter. Benson, it was fun as always, folks. We'll be back next week.